Hello, hello. Welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Corey Dempsey. And I'm Andrew Beam. This week, we are going into our next installment in the Wait You Haven't Seen series. The series of episodes where we take a movie that we have never watched, and we watch it, and we respond to that movie. Seeing as we have been firmly in this Nicolas Cage zone for about two weeks, it's time that we do a Nicolas Cage classic. Beam, what are we doing? Well, ironically... And I say ironically because this is the one where he actually won an Oscar for it after we just did a – well, okay. We did a semi Nicolas Cage, I guess, appreciation episode. Oh, yeah. Without having seen the most seminal Nicolas Cage movie, Leaving Las Vegas. So we are going to be watching that today. I think it's kind of funny that neither you or I have seen this movie before. I, I, I know I know my relationship with it, which is, which is not much at all, obviously – and also based a bit on my own confusion. But I'm a little surprised, Corey, that you haven't seen this movie. Yeah, we'll get into that. I will argue seminal. It's seminal according to the Academy, which, you know, take take that with a grain of salt. The, the seminal right, Nick Cage movies are Face Off and Con Air. Let's be real. That is seminal. Right, <laughs> right. yes. Face Off, Con Air. I mean, The Rock, too, I think, to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I'm going. Maybe this will become my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, but I already know which ones are for me. So it's it, it's going to be a little bit tough. But again, he did he did win an Academy Award for it. The movie itself didn't get it. His performance in it did. So I guess that's there's there's something to be said for that. There is something to be said for that. Beam, what are you uh, drinking to accompany this leaving Las Vegas journey? Well, since this is kind of looking to the, into basically a guy trying to drink himself to death, uh, yeah. I, it just really kind of felt like anything would work, really, if I just drank anything, to be That's honest true. with you. So you, I'm you going have to whiskey. Right. I do have some very nice whiskey, but I'm not going to do that. It's it's 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. I got shit to do. I got a kid. It's That would just be irresponsible. So I'm going to drink would. a beer, which is at least going to be a little less irresponsible, I think. A little more normal, maybe more accepted. Uh, it's a beer from Beer Tree Brew. Uh, we've mentioned them before, obviously. They make fantastic beers. It's called Any Day's Haze. So since any drink, I think, would work at all, why not any just IPA whatsoever? I like it. Right? I, I like to think I'm getting better with the tie-ins. <laughs> You're giving it a bit more thought, and I appreciate that. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's so hard sometimes. Some of these leave a lot to leave, leave a li- very little to work with, I guess I should say. That's true. But anyway, you gotta I guess we'll it. crack this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll open it. I forgot. That's the thing you got to do before. <laughs> All right. Ready? So, just for the record, I am not drinking because I had an oh, evening okay. last night. I went, I went Nicolas Cage in this movie seemingly last night with our good friend Zach House, who appears on this oh. podcast from time to time. So, I'm drinking Liquid Death sparkling water, which seems appropriate too, since he's drinking himself to death via liquids. <laughs> hey, man, we're we're doing a really good job of at least tying it all together here. I think so. So let's talk about this movie. This, as you mentioned, is the movie that Nicolas Cage won an Oscar for, 
we can argue whether there are some other movies, and I think we should do that later after we actually watch this thing and see whether it was deserved. But it also stars Elizabeth Shue, someone who I was very in love with as a child in the 80s. Do you have any feelings about Elizabeth Shue, Beam? Not particularly. It's also because, yeah, I don't think I've really even seen a terrible amount with her. But also, the 80s? I mean, how long were you alive during the 80s? I mean her 80s movies that I watched as a child, like in the 90s. Like Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah, that made me fall in love with Elizabeth Shue when I saw that as a kid. Yeah, a lot of people saw that movie. I did not. I guess Karate Kid did well. Uh, I know. I guess Karate Kid is another one, too. Karate Kid was also very seminal in my Elizabeth Shue relationship. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she would have connected with me, at least at that stage. And Karate Kid wasn't one that I kept going back to for whatever reason. I was more, uh, just keep giving me all the Ninja Turtles over and over. (laughs) Fair enough. And it is directed by, uh, written and directed by Mike Figgis. It is adapted from a book by Mike O'Brien. And I actually saw an interesting fact. Mike O'Brien, the writer of this book, it seemed to be pretty autobiographical. He committed suicide like two weeks into production or two weeks before production started on this movie and they had questions about whether they should actually do it and then they decided this is actually going to be kind of a a nice tribute i suppose i mean i guess i could also see this being a gigantic trigger yeah okay i want to why i'm gonna you know put down all the things that happened to me is just sort of maybe a release and then to make a movie and to watch people just like act it out in front of you yeah i could see why that would just be like holy shit how do you know how he died he committed suicide. I don't know how. Yeah, but he okay. committed suicide. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably probably a lot. To, and and listen, Nicolas Cage goes for it in all of his roles, so I can only imagine Always. that he goes for it in this one too. Yeah, I but, mean, him playing an alcoholic in Las Vegas. I I feel like we're gonna get a lot of high Nick Cage energy in this film. Now, the one thing that I'm I think is sort of interesting that Nick Cage just said is that he doesn't drink at all while when he's making a movie. I find that actually pretty cool. He just thinks it, it's, it doesn't help in terms of the process. It, it, it'd be like, you know, it's just drinking at work, which doesn't, he believes is not something you should be doing. It doesn't really, it's not conducive to being a productive member of society, I guess, or at least in terms of his art that he is trying to do. So, I mean, I happen to agree. I think when I'm trying to be productive, I don't drink. And then when I'm just trying to have a good time, that's when I do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Although we no, do drink exactly. on this podcast, maybe we should rethink that. <laughs> No, I mean, this is, th- listen, we're having fun. This is this a time. Is fun time uh, yeah. I think this is still, still like being productive in a certain way. Or way. at least that's how we can rationalize it. <laughs> we can rationalize it that way. We're really good at that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I just never saw this movie because, you know, I was like seven when it came out in a rated R film about an alcoholic in Vegas. Like that wasn't something I was necessarily going to be seeking out. And I just never kind of got around to it after. That's, you know, that's kind of the whole reason. Uh, that's a lot of the reason with these things. They came out before I was really able, and then I just never got around to it. Yeah, it just wasn't one that I revisited. Also, too, for whatever reason, and, and it could just be because we're talking about city-states or just different locales, I think I confused it with Raising Arizona, where I just thought they were the same movie. And again, this is me growing up and just never cared to correct it. When I when when I got older, and now that we're actually like looking into Nicolas Cage, I was like, oh shit, two different movies actually. <laughs> but one was actually like a much more serious movie, one that actually earned him a lot of recognition and praise. No, I 
I absolutely think that's what happened with me too. I think for a while I thought I had seen it because I had seen Raising Arizona. Because you know I huge fan of the Coen Brothers. I've seen every single one of their movies, right. but you know, then like you said, I just realized, oh, this is a completely separate movie, not the same thing, just because they include places in the Southwest. And to be completely transparent, <laughs> and to be completely <laughs> transparent too, like I, you know, I wrote off Nicolas Cage for a while. I really just thought he was just some wacky individual that made ridiculous movies, and National Treasure was nothing, something that I really cared or needed to see or wanted to see because I think I, I, I saw myself as above that and I was watching films like Memento and everything else. But, uh, you know, the more sort of intellectual fare instead of let's romp around in the, I don't even know where they go for National Treasure. Is it in DC? Is that, that's, the, that's the other thing is I don't even know. Yeah, they're stealing the Declaration of Independence. I think that's the whole idea. And they made two of them. They thought they were going to make a third one. So, I, yeah, I don't know how much you can really get off of that, but apparently at least two movies worth and a possible third. Nicolas Cage wants that third. So, yeah, I just didn't really care much. And then now that we're sort of re-exploring or just now actually exploring what he has to offer, now I know <laughs> this was a totally different movie and apparently one worth watching. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? We're going to find that out. No, I think it's definitely going to be a good watch. I'm I'm excited to go into this and see nick cage doing like actual acting because you know the the ridiculous stuff is fun but i i do yearn sometimes for like the adaptation the matchstick men when he's actually like you know using some emotion and pig is what got me like back on the cage train because he just showed me something that i hadn't seen from him so long i was like yes this fucking movie rules i love pig really excited to see him do some potentially actual acting in this movie I'm I'm so much just on the Nick Cage train right now. I love this guy. And you just keep saying Cage train where I really now am envisioning uh, Thomas the Train Engine. And I <laughs> would think it would be funny if there was just a, a shirt that instead of Thomas, it was Nicolas Cage's face. If someone can get on that or maybe I can just tackle that on my own. I think you should get on that. That sounds like a dope thing. It sounds and, like a shirt I need. And it sounds like... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's perfect for you. You're you're just in dad brain mode because Thomas the Train Engine. That's yeah. a great shirt for your child. Nick Cage on Thomas the Train Engine. Yeah, it'll be good to add to my collection of shirts that my child probably shouldn't see regardless, actually. One being a, well, death giving the middle finger and then the other being a matador getting his head kicked off with blood explosion by a bull. So... I feel like I'm really just kind of trying to be a prime example for my child. So I think that would actually be a much more welcoming and a much more appropriate shirt for him to look at. I think so. I think yeah. you should get on it. I think this is your next venture in life. Well, Speaking of our think? next venture in life. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, should, should we watch this thing? I'm going to drink during it. I guess I know you won't, but I'm just no, going to try. And... I'm in recovery mode. We, uh, yeah, we, our next venture in life is to go off and see this movie. We will be back in about two hours of real time and about 15 seconds of podcast time. See you on the other side. All right, so we are back. We just watched Leaving Las Vegas. Beam, I'm kind of upset at you right now. I feel like that just ruined my Sunday. (laughs)
I don't see how that's my fault. It was, <laughs> it was your point. idea. That's that's all. <laughs> we were going to have to watch it at some point. At some point, we were going to have to face the sadness for watching Nick Cage's character just devolve into just... I, he literally just wastes away. That's the most... Literally. Res, like, most absurd part is, like, seeing that happening of him just, like, languishing. Yeah, I mean... That was a tough watch. Like, I didn't expect it to be that depressing. And watching that on a Sunday afternoon, it was just like, damn, that sucks. Especially after, like, I have a hangover right now. So not, it just made me feel worse about myself watching it. Yeah, I know, I know I just said this to you, but, like, I literally, I, I was drinking a beer during it. And I'm like, this feels wrong. This feels like <laughs> I... This feels like I should put this down. Like, is there something wrong with me that I'm drinking? Like, I'm, I don't plan to have another one after this. I even had a thought about it. I'm like, oh, no, I'm him. But, <laughs> like, I, yeah, it made me think differently uh, in the moment about ever drinking alcohol. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very strongly considering not. I mean, likely I'll have one on Tuesday, but, you know, here we are. Uh, yeah, I wonder so. if this is what you should high school kids get them to stop drinking. I mean... <laughs> Watching Requiem for a Dream in high school made me never want to do drugs, so maybe. Well, I mean, I I don't think there was much that you needed to get me to be like, no, I don't ever want to do heroin. <laughs> I don't. For some reason, that one just there. It didn't take much convincing, personally. No, it didn't take much convincing, but certainly I put the icing on the cake, so to speak. So let's talk about this movie. I mean. It was upsetting. I didn't have much fun watching it, but I will say... I don't know if you were supposed to. No, and that's the thing. Like, I don't... It was definitely not the point. This isn't something where you're like, oh, I can't wait to bring the kids, and (laughs) it's just going to be a really good family romp. I I can't wait. No, it's definitely not that. Like, I think... I, I did like it. I, I do think it's a good movie. And I do think Elizabeth Shue and Nicolas Cage are giving absolutely amazing performances in this movie. I think what I'm struggling with right now is like the timing of watching it and like really being able to appreciate what I watched or if I was even supposed to appreciate it. I don't know. It's tough to talk about right now. I think I really did appreciate it. Like, I, I don't know. It was, it didn't pull any punches. That's for certain. No. And I also think at the same time, you know, you, like you said, you didn't have much fun with it. And, and there were these moments where you kind of felt like, oh, maybe things could turn. Like it gave you these odd moments of hope, maybe even moments of just pure levity, which would have been great in any of these moments. Because anything that could have been remotely funny just ended in pure sadness. Like, I don't I generally don't care about sex scenes at all, but I was like so pleased for him. Even though, like, it's this total, like, alcohol-fueled fantasy of her, like, pouring the bourbon down herself, and they're, like, finally about to do it, and then he falls onto a glass table, and they want... It also has glass in him. Yes. First off. <laughs> like, there's glass stuck in him. They're like, oh, maybe they can recover. And she's like, oh, you're bleeding. And I'm like, still a chance. And then they're like, oh, no, there's glass inside of you. And I'm just like, oh, nope, then it's over. We got to move on. And then getting kicked out of the place, too. Um, yeah, it, just like moments like that where you just thought, maybe, just maybe I could get a moment of just joy. It wasn't there. No, it just kept piling on. And it felt like, to me at least, that was the point. Like, when yeah. you're an alcoholic, when you're in this downward spiral, it just keeps piling on and piling on and piling on. And you know, 
that makes it an effective movie. Like, it's doing what it's meant to do. It's just like, I don't know if I ever want to watch that again. <laughs> I don't ever want to watch that again. I got the point. I, the, everyone did a great job. Um, best I've seen Richard Lewis, honestly. So, like, you know, I think I think we could just call it call it a day there for that movie. I don't I mean, it's never like it's kind of it's kind of one of those movies like, oh, you own that. <laughs> if someone has that in their DVD collection, like I'm concerned immediately. Yeah, I mean, and also going back to, to that scene um, with the broken table, can anyone explain to me how Sarah doesn't get any glass stuck in her feet? Unclear. <laughs> I just that was like everything else about the movie I, I I liked, but in that moment I'm like, oh no, honey, please, you you're barefooted. Oh no, what? How are you? How? Wait, hold on, you didn't get anything? I almost like wanted her to at least acknowledge, like, oh no, my feet are cut up now. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I was just like so upset by everything else that was happening. I didn't even think about that, but it's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do like how this starts too. Is Obviously, you know that he's a drunk. Yep. And then he, you find out that his wife left him. And you don't, I didn't know anything about the kid until you see like the photo when he burns all of his clothes and all of his other possessions. And then when he gets laid off, and it's just sort of interesting to see in that moment where he, where like the guy's like, what are you going to do? Which is almost sort of fucked up as the boss. Like, I just completely fucked your life further. What are you going to do? Which is kind of the way that question felt, but him just immediately being like, I'm going to go kill myself in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this whole movie, like every moment where you would get the kind of Nick Cage moment was completely clouded by the context of which it was happening, which made it zero fun. Like usually when Cage is doing those things, it's like a lot of fun. You're like, oh, yeah, Cage is given the face or he's, you know yelling about something and usually it's a lot of fun it was not fun because of the context in which it was happening i was just like this is just so upsetting every single moment (laughs) the opening sequence right up until the title like it is all cringeworthy like when he's literally in when he's in the in the bank after he's gone drinking so he can sign a check which i'm assuming did he forge or something that's what I'm interpreting from it at that's, least. That's what I'm interpreting too, for sure. So when he's doing like the speaking into the recording and just like going on about his alcohol fantasy, about the bourbon through the breasts and the whole thing of a Bob, that should be funny in a way. Because like the look on everyone's face, like just the absurdity of it too. You're just like, he's saying these things in public, almost as if he's thinking he's having an inner, inner monologue, but it's out loud. But all you could do is just cringe. Yeah. No, every moment is like that. Like, every moment that could be funny and, like, has the potential to be funny is just not because of what's happening around it. And that, that honestly, is just, like, that's a compliment to the filmmakers and, like, that it didn't ever, like, change tone or lose the tone. It was consistent throughout. Now, whether it's a tone that I want to watch is another question, but it was certainly effective in what it was doing and kind of remarkable that they were able to keep that consistent. So, you know, it's a very good movie. It's just not something I ever feel like. uh, Let's 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 queue up leaving Las Vegas. Now seems like a good time. Yeah, after after we've had a night, had a few beers. (laughs) Hey, you know what we should throw on? That's never, ever going to be an answer or a conversation. (laughs) 
So, I mean, were there particular scenes in it that that were really, I guess, that jumped out at you that you thought were really good? Because hmm. there are a couple that came to that that really jumped out at me that were just intense. Where I just thought it was like, okay, this is on a different level in terms of trying to describe alcoholism. Yeah, I think the one that was the most effective i don't want to say it's the best it's hard to say it's like the best when you're watching this the most effective was when they were having this lovely evening gambling like having this kiss and then he just loses it at the blackjack table and it goes back to the apartment and he's like dry heaving on himself and then unsteadily pouring vodka into an orange juice container and like that whole thing was that destroyed me i was like god damn this is yeah you thought you thought you were like oh they're finally gonna have a night where they're gonna enjoy this and it's gonna be normal and they're gonna have like a relationship and like you know show some affection towards one another and then nope (laughs) no no absolutely not because what did do we know what she said to him that woman that passed by I have no idea, honestly. Work in the room kind of thing? I think so. And then it just, you know, it, it And you fucking flips. lost it. Yeah. I mean, that scene for sure. And which I had a thought in that moment, too, when he was pouring in the orange juice. I'm like, oh, he at least took the time to throw in a mixer. But, I mean, <laughs> so, like, there's that scene. That scene was one of the scenes. And then the other one, when he's in the beginning where he's at the strip club, and then he's just, like, pounds the thing of whatever it is in that bottle, I'm assuming whiskey. Yeah, and then he's driving home, just fucking screaming. That I, I that was so fucking visceral to me, and just I was like, "This is intense." Yeah, this, when this when he's at the strip club, and like it is, it's just ratcheted up to a level of intensity that I just wasn't prepared for with a hangover at three p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> um, I mean the the major thing that I oh sorry, go no, ahead. I was gonna say you knew what we were getting into. Like, you knew what movie we were watching. <laughs> I did, and I didn't. Like, No, I didn't expect this either. I thought maybe it would have a little bit more of, like, a fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of vibe, where, like, yes, it's depressing. Yes, it's, like, a drug-fueled journey and binge, but, like, you know, there's some moments of fun. This, no, zero moments. <laughs> it was all set. <laughs> it was so depressing. Um, the thing I really wanted to talk about, though, was Elizabeth Shue. Mm. Like... You know, like I said in the introduction, like, she was a major crush that I had when I was growing up, watching her and things like, you know, The Karate Kid and Adventures in Babysitting. She was in the two uh, Back to the Future sequels. I had a major, major crush on Elizabeth Shue. This was something completely different, and she was honestly kind of remarkable in this movie, like, very, very good. And I'm so used to seeing her just playing, like, you know, just kind of charismatic, very, you know magnetic performer you know very you know cute personality that is just like attractive on its surface this was so much deeper and so much more layered and i was just like really impressed i was like damn she could fucking act (laughs) oh no she she really gave it in this one too and it was just kind of nice too like you could she had this hard exterior but you could feel sort of the empathy just through her actions too and just the way she gave this performance she was definitely a huge draw. Like I thought the scenes where she's talking to her therapist, I'm assuming were incredibly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, they were just, they were very poignant. They were, they, they really helped move the story forward too. And you get to know more about this character and really 
dive into dive deep into her. I thought I thought those were those monologues were great. Yeah, they were excellent. And I feel like a role like this where it's just like, you know, the the sex worker who actually has a heart of gold, like that could be very cliched in the wrong hands. But this was not that. This was, you know, deep and empathetic and like very layered in the performance. It was really excellent. And yeah. it also just made me like also upset about Elizabeth Shue's career after that because she just like clearly she can act but this is like classic case of 90s bullshit with female actors and how they essentially just get tossed away after like 10 years and it's that that was also in the back of my head and I was just like yo she is so good like how did she not have the career of all careers because she's amazing she's like Meryl Streep level in this in this thing yeah, if she could have kept doing performances like this, I would have loved to have seen what would have came of it. Yeah, yeah. What, would, what did she do after this? Not a lot, honestly. I mean, her IMDb is pretty scattered. You know, I saw her, most recently I saw her in that uh, Hanks movie, Greyhound. Okay. But she was edited out of the movie. Like, she's only in it for five minutes and it makes no sense. So clearly they had shot a bunch of scenes with her and then they just cut that part out of the movie. And it's just like this is what's happening and it's bullshit because she's excellent i i really she was like revelatory in this movie as like damn she can really act too now what did you though think about her the choice of her character and getting together with someone like ben knowing all the strings that were attached to it and still forging forward even through all of like the bad moments (sighs) i wrestle with it Sorry? I was saying I wrestle with it. I, I I did too. I feel like what the character was and what it was trying to be was like a different kind of dependency. Like, it's a movie about dependency. Nicolas Cage has a dependency on alcohol. Elizabeth Shue has a dependency for human connection. And she's finding it in these incredibly, you know, toxic figures. Like the Yuri character and then... Ben, even though he is like nice to her and charming in some ways, but also like all the things that are there. So it's a very complicated character. And I feel like it serves a purpose. But at the same time, like I I did have trouble in my own head wrapping my head around it. Like, why are you still here? And it's like what the cabbie says. I'm like, you're so beautiful and so like, you know, magnetic and like you could have any guy you want. And yet here you are. So it is a character that I like wrestled with, but it I, it feels true to the movie and what it was trying to do, if that makes sense. I mean, no, it, it does make sense. And I think that's a really good explanation of the character. I guess what I just couldn't figure out was, is truly the purpose. I mean, was it just for the connection? Is it worth it through all of this sort of stuff? And And not with him, it's not like how he treated her because he didn't treat her all that badly. I mean, other than, I guess, bringing another like sort of sex worker home, which... I don't even that that's the problem it's that the dude's drunk as shit like what sort of faculties is he working with at that stage but you know it was kind of one of those things where like she was using him and she did say that and I was just more so thinking just like what is the point of me watching this and is it really just because it, it, it not in the sense of like you know what is the point of this movie but I guess more so is it wrong of me to be watching this and to be viewing this and to be just sort of taking this in like, I, I I almost felt guilty doing so, if that makes sense. It does. I mean, 
And I feel like that's one of the things that this movie is trying to do is it's it's making you uncomfortable with these ideas of like that. And it's, you know, being a very true to life portrait of what this is like. And it's not, you know, doing the fear and loathing thing where like, hey, drugs are super fun and they're also depressing. This is just like, no, this is a fucking hellscape (laughs) and it should be shown as such. The only thing that's like even slightly uplifting is the score, but actually the score of the movie and like the music, it just juxtaposes with it in a way that's like really additionally cringy. (laughs) Whenever that saxophone came in, it made me real sad. Nothing about that music ever felt uplifting. For some reason, it just made it sadder. In a vacuum, though, it would be, right? Like in a vacuum, that would be like, oh, this is like a cool jazz song. Like I can kind of vibe to this. And in this movie, it's just not at all. And that goes back to what he was saying. It's like any moment of levity is just not because of what is the, the context of what's happening around it. Although what I did think about, though, is that strip club basically also being a jazz club. I was like, actually, that's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I get down with that. That's that's a strip club I could maybe attend. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. Yeah, I think is sort of where I'm at with it. But I so the other part, though, that I thought about it, though, is I don't know. It was almost like, you know, obviously. Nicolas Cage, too, also just, you know, kind of wanted to be with someone as well to a certain extent. And I almost wonder if it was sort of also charity on her. Not charity, I guess, but was it a noble thing that she was doing sort of in a way to... This is a man that is dying, who has chosen to die. He realizes he's become just sort of a nuisance in general to everyone around him where he's just going to drink himself to death and erase himself from everything is there something noble in what she's doing to at least give him some companionship on the way out? And I know partly it was for her. Yeah. I think it's like the ultimate, like people always have this conversation. There's no such thing as like a true altruistic act, right? Like when you do charity work, like if you do charity work, 90% of that is you're doing it for yourself to make yourself feel better. Right. You're you're doing it. Say that. Yeah, for some fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. For some kind of personal, like, fulfillment. And I feel like this character was, like, the perfect kind of encapsulation of that. Right. Where, yes, it is noble that she's, like, giving companionship to this man who clearly has a death wish. But at the same time, like, she needs something from it back. What it is is what I'm struggling with, like, what she gets out of it. Like, did she truly love him? I. That's the thing. I don't know. Like, if she did, what was it? And, like, what was yeah, what it that she traits? did love? What were He's the traits? <laughs> like, if this was you guys doing wedding vows, like, what are you going to say about him? <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah, what is it you? Remember that time you said he was going to go to your breakfast, but really all he did was go get drunk and got eggs? Got punched in the face and then got eggs? Got head-butted and got eggs in a baguette? Like, <laughs> that's it? I don't know. Um, he was head-butted? I thought he got punched. I thought... I, I don't know. Maybe he got head-butted. Maybe he got Either punched. way, his nose got broke. Yes. He, he comes back covered in blood with a baguette and eggs. Uh, no, but I mean, that, that is like the, the character, right? It's that idea of there being no such thing as an altruistic act. And, you know, it's, it's a complex kind of exploration of that. And, you know, as I talk about it more, like I'm more impressed by the movie. I still never want to watch it again, but no, don't ever like, want to watch it again, it's but a good movie. Very good. Very good. Is this the movie that he should have gotten an Oscar for? Yeah. I mean, I think this, I mean, it's tough. Like, yes, he gave a great performance. I looked at the other nominees. 
there was nothing else there that I was like, oh, that should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I can do it myself, I'm giving Robert De Niro for Neil McCauley and Heat that year. Like, that's what I'm doing. But he wasn't even nominated, so whatever. And Nick Cage deserves an Oscar, and this was a hell of a performance. So, yeah, I'm good with it. The one thing I was actually surprised about, it got nominated in four categories. Director, shoe, cage, and then uh, adapted screenplay. I was actually surprised that they recognized a movie like this, something that's so depressing and so hard-hitting, four times. Like, that's actually, like, good on the Academy for that. That's actually, not what you often see. That's impressive to me because there was, no, there was like, <clears throat> the only thing, I mean, I guess sort of what you do take away is sort of the conversation that we're having just sort of about the motivation of Sarah, but, and also, too, I guess I kind of want to unpack, what do you think about the choice of him to just be like, that's it. I'm just going to get drunk and kill myself in, in Las Vegas. I mean, you're exploring those things. Yeah. To have that, to have that be something that gets recognized by the Academy is really, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't have the uplifting or teaching you some sort of message other than this is how it could go. Uh, if you continue to drink like this, but yeah, this isn't something that's typically recognized by them. No, usually when it's this type of movie, it's like, oh, they get better. Like, they go to rehab. There's some kind of feel-good. There was nothing like that in this movie. And the fact that it had four nominations. But then at the same time, what I was also thinking about was, like, Seven came out this year. Mm. Why can't we recognize Seven if we're going to recognize something like Leaving Las Vegas? So, as always, the Academy makes no sense to me. But I do want to say it being recognized that many times is kind of impressive. (laughs) What do you think, though, of a guy's decision to just be like, that's it. I'm going for it. I don't know. Like, I've honestly thought about this in my head. Like, let's say I get to seven. And at age whatever he is, no, absolutely not. Like, not down with that decision. Go to therapy. Get yourself sorted. Like, you still have a whole life ahead of you. When I'm 75 and, like, you know... Maybe my wife passes away before me and I'm all alone. Like, could I see myself going down that road? Absolutely. Just start doing heroin and like kill myself slowly. Yeah, let's go. I'd rather do that than like slip into dementia. That sounds a lot better. But like at age 35, like you still got a lot of time to get your shit sorted, man. Come on. Can write the ship. Yes. You got a lot of time. Yeah. What was interesting, though, was that one line or like, am I am I drinking to kill myself or am I killing myself to drink? And I was like, Oh yeah. And did I start quote (laughs) and did I start drinking because my wife left me or did my my wife leave me because I started drinking? Yeah. There's a lot of those like ethical kind of dilemma dilemmas, so to speak. But ultimately no, like if you're a 35 year old, like (laughs) don't do that. That's pretty obvious. And like the, the point of the movie was very clear that like, this is not the route you should take. This is a fucking hellscape. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, clearly a lot of your problems are caused by the drinking. Yes. Although like the wife part, you know, I don't know who knows the, the, the circumstances that led to the separation other than just the alcoholism or what led to them starting to drink like that. Uh, yeah. It just is sort of like, man, I, clearly the alcohol is the problem here. If you stop that, things might get better. Yeah, rehab. Yeah, like, let's let's give right. it a shot. He just he just chose a completely different path. Are we talking uh, the end at all or no? Yeah, I think so. Okay, what happened? 
I I think I know what happened, but I was just kind of more in the in the back of my head, still going to be like, don't say it out loud because if it's not that, then that's a real weird thing to think about. How do you mean? Did she get on his dick while he's like dying? Is that ah. a thing that happened? Like, was he like trying to jerk off there? I don't. Where she was like, Wait, no, let me. Like, I don't know. I am confused. I feel like it was because they hadn't done that the whole movie. And then it kind of ends that way. I feel like it did. She's just like, I, I feel like on there. I don't know if it was she felt that way. It was the giving. She had to leave him with to, that. Right, right. Uh, it's I didn't fucking... think he needed it as much as she did the way it seems. But that's why I'm coming at it from that. <laughs> I just like I saw that and I'm like, uh, what? That's how like that's how you end it. I guess in this movie it makes sense, doesn't it? Like this depraved act to end it all. I, I listen. It 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 makes sense, and honestly, shouldn't be catching me off guard the way that it is. But at the same time, I saw that, and it kind of took me out of the moment. Where well, I was... it, <laughs> that that sure it makes sense, but it should always take you out of the moment. It's always kind of like a hit you over the head sort of thing when someone may be having sex with a corpse. Didn't even have sex. They, no. Like that's not even what happened. It was more she just here. I'll put that here, and then he clearly dies. Yes, it's just, and then yeah, and then when she's waking, just sitting on the side of the bed like that, and you're just like, I, that's a hell of a way to end a movie. I will say, I just, I, I just need to get that one out in the open. I needed to make sure I saw what I saw. I'm Other pretty sure you saw what you saw. <laughs> Good. I can't be sure, but yes, that was also my interpretation. I mean, what a weird thing to leave people walking away with. Like, wait, did she like to, like because think like, the movie had a lot to 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 say, or at least just sort of make you think about. I just I'm a little surprised that they wanted to end it and really make people think about like, wait a minute, is that how she and and he died? But I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> I mean, it's a complicated ending to a quite complicated exploration of dependency and alcoholism. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a that was a hell of a watch. I'm, I guess I'm glad I did. Yeah, I mean, we right. to be completest about this Nick Cage thing. Of course, you got to watch the Oscar yeah. nomin- like the Oscar winning movie that he did. Yeah, if you don't watch this, yeah, it's it's weird to have gone out of our way in a sense to watch this movie, but we had to. Because of how much we love Nick Cage, almost yes. love as almost as much as Sarah loved Ben, and what she was willing to go through. Yeah, almost. That love, almost. almost. Yeah, so we're gonna get out of here. We are going to leave the Nicholas Cage space now. We've spent three weeks firmly in that space. We need a. Uh, we need to do something else. <laughs> I think so. Which is why I started to watch just Robert Eggers movies. I feel like that was the choice of what I needed to do. That's a good choice. I'm a the weird headspace. We got a lot of we got a lot of things that we're working on right now. I'm not sure what's going to exactly be next, but we got some stuff with 80s sports movies. We got some journalism movies that we've been crushing. We've got some Tom Cruise stuff to come out because the Top Gun Maverick, which we're super jazzed about, may have another like 60 movies to go through again. Yeah, uh, we got a lot of things in the pipeline. So you know, keeping you know keep keep in tune with the uh, social media we'll be announcing stuff as it comes out 
Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Back Porch Media and on Twitter at Porchback Media, and you can follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those things, and you can rate and you can review and do all that nice stuff because you are nice people. Beam, it was a pleasure. I am going to go be depressed for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, kids, don't drink vodka or uh, vodka out of the bottle while driving. No, Not don't, good luck. don't drink. <laughs> don't Pretty ever. clear. Don't ever. Bye, everyone. Be all.